Hello and welcome to Blether, the new live chat and bicker show from the Scottish Football Monitor. I'm Big Pink. I can't believe I just introduced myself with that name. Uh, but I'm joined for this historic event in the studio by Altied. Welcome, Aldian. And uh, also by the man who's either an heir to a tin soup fortune or just a poor judge of goalkeepers, Campbell's money. Campbell. Good evening. It's uh, great to have both of you here. And also joining us by telephone from outside the West of Scotland bubble, which is populated uh, for those of us here in Glasgow Southside, is Alistair Hart of Midlothian, uh, as we call him on a Sunday, or as a, on a weekday, Ali Jambo. Ali, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, and good evening to everybody. Uh, uh, good evening to you, and uh, I'm going to actually uh, come to you uh, very early. I know you've got somewhere to be tonight, Ali, so uh, we're, we're going to try and get you sort of sorted and uh, out of the way. Uh, that, doesn't, that sounds very rude for a, for a first programme, doesn't it? I'm having difficulty hearing you over the music. All ah, right, OK, well, the, the, the music shall be, shall be deaded uh, in, a, in, a, in a second, um, if you can uh, just bear with me here. Uh, Right, that's it going. Okay, so um, everybody can join with us tonight um, if you contact us via Twitter. Uh, the Twitter handle is uh, at the SF Monitor, or you can just leave a comment on the SFM radio page. Be very aware, though, that uh, if you do contact us through the SFM radio page, every time you submit your comment, your uh, your player will, will, will disappear and you'll have to start again. So set up another instance. There's some instructions on the page as well, and it's one of these wee silly... <coughs> Uh, snagging difficulties uh, that we just realised half an hour ago, uh, and no doubt there'll be more wee snags as we as we move on. But anyway, uh, if you are going to uh, try to contribute tonight, uh, then we'd like to hear from you. We are supposed to be the, the internet bampots, um, so why not uh, think about the daftest player that you've ever seen, or the daftest thing you've ever seen a player do, uh, and uh, share some of those memories with us as we as we move on tonight. And if you do that at the SFF, uh, the SF monitor on Twitter, and uh, we'll take that from there. Anyway, as I said, I, I want to come to Ali first, um, and we will do that in just a wee second, but we just thought it would be proper and important to mention the fact that uh, there have been winners and losers this year in Scottish football, and this is a, a season review programme. Uh, so Celtic won the league in the League Cup, uh, Inverness Caledonia Thistle became the second Virgin Scottish Cup success in a row when they beat Falkirk in the final a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Hearts, Morton and Albion Rovers were all promoted uh, from the Championship, the First and the Second Division uh, respectively. And St Mirren, Cowden, Beath and Stirling Albion were relegated uh, from the Premiership, the, the Championship and the First Division respectively. And also the pyramid structure bore no fruit as far as Brora Rangers was concerned because Montrose uh, beat them in a playoff uh, to avoid becoming victors, uh, victims sorry, of that pyramid structure. And we will be returning to, uh, to some of that of course but first uh, back to Ali. Uh, and as I said, I know you've got somewhere to be tonight, so we don't want to keep you too long. Uh, but be honest, Ali, in your wildest dreams, did you ever expect Hearts to be the spectacular success that they, that they were last year? Well, when you consider that uh, just one year ago, we'd only just heard that we'd come out of administration. Uh, what's happened since has just been amazing, you know, uh, you know. I can only speak for myself, but I'm sure, you know, every other Hearts supporter in the world uh would join with me and say thank you to Anne Budge, uh, uh, Robbie Nielsen, Craig Levine, and everybody else that's uh, made it such an amazing season. Uh, we are part of a club that are used to being in the top league, uh, and you know normally the the thought of winning the the championship would have been you know 
just a stepping stone back to the, the, the Premiership or the SPL, whatever it would have been called at the time. Uh, but, uh, you know, this time round, with Hibs being in it and uh, the Rangers, we've, uh, you know, it, it, it did make it a bit more special. Uh, and uh, after what we went through a year ago, it's just, just incredible. Um, you you, know, you, put, you uh, put that down to, to, to Anne Budge, or, or is it a, a collective thing? I think it's very much a collective thing. Uh, as you know, I'm here in Derbyshire, so um, <clears throat> it's a long time since I was a season ticket holder. But I, I'm amazed at what the, the, the supporters, the Hearts supporters have done. Uh, they rallied round as well. Uh, they were coming up even in the relegation season while we were in Admin. <clears throat> they made it possible for Hearts to get to the end of that season. Uh, they made everything possible. Uh, and which uh, might not have been able to do what she did if it wasn't for the what the, the supporters did. And not forgetting the players that were there during that administration that took cuts in wages and uh, stood by the club. And I do know from feeding Jambo's kickback that everybody is very grateful to these people. You know, and it's a sad event that some of them uh, had to go, you know, along with Gary Locke. But, yeah. uh, you know, that decision's been uh, justified by the results. And, yeah, I was, I, was going, I was going to ask the guys about that as well. Uh, Campbell, that, that was rather ruthless, wasn't it? Because Gary Locke had appeared to be steadied the ship a wee bit, you know, towards the end of that Premiership season. They had a, they had a great last third of the season. Uh, and it looked as if he was he was going to be the man to take it forward. But they were very ruthless in saying, no, it's not the right thing to do for Hearts. And, yeah, I, I think from the outside it, it did look very ruthless. But on the other hand, what you had was a new management structure for uh, the business entity coming in um, and wanting a, a clean sweep. And I think from the outside, one of the most notable things uh, about Hearts this season was the start they had. And I think a huge amount of that start uh, arose because so many of the players had been bloodied at the end of last season. Uh, and had contributed really well to that recovery run that didn't quite make it. Uh, and that gave the opportunity to really get a press on at the beginning. And actually that made a hell of a difference uh, because of who was chasing, Hibs and Rangers obviously this season, that had there been more pressure, had there been a less good start, I think it might. Yeah, I don't think it would have been a different outcome necessarily, but I think there would have been an awful lot more pressure on the Hearts players uh, mid-season and towards the end of the season. Uh, but congratulations, Ali. It was wonderful to watch. Pat, thank, you, you, thank you on behalf of us all. Pat, <laughs> do, do, you, do you agree with Campbell's assessment? Well, that? obviously, Hearts started to get their ducks in a row you know, long before the season started. Yeah. Um, they, they, they had a game plan. Um, the fact that they picked Craig Levine, you know, he's, he's, he's had mixed fortunes in football, but he does know the game. Um, so I thought that was actually quite a clever, you know, thing to do to pull him in, 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 into that role when you've got a manager coming in who's I don't, I don't know how long Ronnie, what's his name, the Hearts manager. I don't know how long he'd been in post. Robbie Nielsen. Is it? Oh, Robbie I, Nielsen. I, I don't know how long. He, I, I think it's his first managerial job. Yeah. Is it? Mm-hmm. I, so, so you know, they, they bring Craig Levine in to be the, the mentor, if you like. They bring Robbie Nielsen. Um, I have to say, if you would have read Anne Budge and the rest of it, I'm thinking oh, we need a bit more of that in the game yeah. in terms of running it because there just seems to be so much sense there. Ali, you you, you were kind of under the impression, perhaps that, uh, that that Nielsen might be the first team coach and that and that Craig Levine would be would be running things in the in the football department. It hasn't panned out like that at all, has it? No. Well, I think the the general consensus was that uh, 
Robbie Nielsen was there, Justice Levine's man, to, to look good and, uh, you know, take the blame if things went wrong, perhaps. But, but uh, it hasn't turned out like that, or it certainly isn't the impression that they were left with now, because uh, it became pretty obvious quite quickly that, that Nielsen was his own man. Uh, and he presented himself so well uh, to the camera, and uh, and I think one of the first things that impressed me was the the things he said about the Hearts' first visit to, to Ibrox. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he got the you know uh, the penalty and sending off uh, sort of word in there, uh, and I think there was a touch of the Alec Ferguson, Jock Steen <laughs> kind of. Uh, Situation where he didn't he didn't make much of it. His, his gamesmanship uh, is the word you're looking for, Alia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course it is. You know, and and I think it took them all by surprise that such a young man, yeah, is doing it. Uh, and he, he he chose his time well because he was young, just coming into it. He was getting a good press. Uh, I don't think any uh, so-called journalist would want to be the first one to take a dig at him. Mm. And I think he kind of got away with it at that now. I don't know if that was deliberate or if he genuinely knows how to manipulate the, the press a bit. And he's certainly not put wrong with any of his uh, statements to the press. He seems quite measured and yeah. I think he gives it a lot of thought. You know, he's, Putting on I my daily record, that, Put, put on my daily record hat just for a wee minute. How long will it be, do you think, before somebody takes him away? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think uh, he's, uh, he's done his bit. He's uh, really made things bad for the Rangers, and we know the press they uh, have a soft spot for that particular club. Uh, and so they might... Uh, so if he doesn't become their manager uh, within the next two or three years, he might become uh, a bit uh, a butt for their, uh, for their lack of respect, <laughs> you know. It's, uh, I think uh, I think they'd, I think they'd quite like the thought that one day he would become uh, the manager there. Yeah. And, uh, I think, uh, I, I think to, to be fair, uh, Ali, I, I think there's a lot of admiration among the Rangers fans for the way that, that, that Nielsen uh, has, has handled himself this year. And I think, to be fair as well, there's been a lot of admiration from Rangers fans about the way uh, the, the Hearts in general have, have set themselves out. I mean, we, we were talking last week about um, about the differences in how the two clubs uh, you know, put themselves together. But I mean, you could never have imagined, for instance, a club like Rangers doing what Hearts did simply because maybe the expectations of the fans? Uh, well, that's I think Hearts had that advantage that the the fans had been deflated. You can imagine how we all felt. Yeah. Uh, but there was never this uh, idea that we, you know, we had a right to be uh, anywhere. We didn't even think we had a right to be in the, the, the bottom tier because, uh, you know, if things had gone against us, we were right out. And I'd have been glad if we'd ended up in the bottom tier, but still uh, the hearts, you know, that was uh, my big fear, I've got to admit. It wasn't where we would end up yeah. uh, or how long it would take us to get back to where we belong and, and all this. It was very much survive, still be the hearts, because mm. I, I, I wrote, you know, since uh, a lifetime ago on uh, TSFM that... Uh, as far as I was concerned, if Hearts had got liquidated, they would have been a new club. And uh, although I'd have been watching for the results, I would still have been a Hearts supporter. Yeah. In, that, in the same way that I'm a Beatles fan and 
and what have you, uh, they no longer exist, but they're, they're in my heart, you know. Yeah. Um, so, to me, uh, it was survival that was all that mattered. And I think there was a general mm. feeling of that. And it wasn't, and it, I think, generally, you know, people would have been, you know, if it took us 10 years to get back into the premiership, that so be it, you know, that's how, how it would have been. And that, if it panned out that way, uh, it was just glad to be surviving. I think the Rangers thing, and it's not entirely the, the Rangers supporters' fault, because they, they're spoon-fed this diet of uh, Rangers are the big club, Scottish football is yeah. run for the benefit of them, and without them, there is no Scottish football. I think it all comes down to expectation, though, isn't it? I mean, like, for instance, Campbell, the, the, to, to quote Ed Miliband, and I, I know that's probably no very well advised, but, but uh, the, that heart's very much uh, under-promised and overachieved, uh, as opposed to what happened Rangers, which was, which was the opposite. I, I, I think that's right, but as you say, it's about expectations, and, and one of the things, one of the, the, the difficulties that Rangers obviously had starting, um, as they did uh, in the bottom division, was that they could not afford not to get promoted each season. And and okay, we can all scoff, if you like, at the amount of money they spent to get out of that bottom division um, and, and didn't win it uh, by a street and lost some games on the way. Mm. Uh, but nonetheless, it was unthinkable for Rangers not to get out of that division and unthinkable for them not to get out of the next division. And it was unthinkable for them not to get out of the championship last season. But now you have to think the unthinkable. But they're only one step away. Had they be remained near the very bottom, that was just untenable. So I think one can have some sympathy with Rangers having to overspend to make absolutely sure. And apart from anything else, they couldn't afford just to win games by the odd goal. They had to be seen to be playing a better brand of football. Now, they may not have done so, in the eventuality, but that must have been the intention. And I think we can have sympathy. The expectations on Hearts, much lower. Everyone knew it was going to be a younger team, the team that they bloodied to a large extent the season before, mm-hmm. at the tail end. And what they achieved was absolutely astonishing. Um, and Rangers just couldn't keep up with that last season. Uh, but I think you have to understand that A, Rangers can't remain in the bottom division it had to keep going up and they had to make sure of that yeah. so far as they could. So momentum being very important from, from their point of view. But of course momentum part is, is, is very important from the Hearts' point of view as well because they, they've set the bar very high for themselves now, haven't they? I mean, I remember a wee quip that Craig Levine made on, on the field after mm-hmm. the, the final league game of the season when Anne Budge said, you know, I'm, I'm looking to do wonderful things next year. I think she was talking about a European place and Craig Levine said, well, I have to have a word with her about that. I think very much the, the the manage expectations thing is is, well, is in play. That's now. true. I hear what Campbell's saying, but, but at the time I can remember thinking, well, why are Rangers not doing what Gretna did, which was basically buy players for the league above who had performed really well in the league above, hmm. and you know who then were able to hold their own. And if I remember right, Gretna actually progressed up the divisions reasonably well. Can, can, you know. can I just come in and say that I don't think Gretna's a great model for, for, <laughs> no. for anybody either. And, and the reason Gretna bought players from the division above, whereas Rangers were buying from two divisions above, was because Rangers could afford to. Aye, aye. I, I, yeah. I, or it was easier for Rangers to afford that. And I say afford 
and I put I, that I was going to question. I was just about to say. <laughs> but they had the cash available to them to do it. Let me put it that so, way. So, Ali, be- be- before we, we let you go, um, uh, back to your uh, your Derbyshire enclave, um, what about next year? What, what is the momentum and, and what's a realistic uh, situation uh, for, for Hearts to be in at the end of, this season, uh, the end of next season? Uh, well, I think uh, I think at this moment in time, I think most heart supporters would be glad with a top six finish, and even that could be considered a bit optimistic because yeah. you know any team we're coming up, we've got still got a young team, uh, we've lost two or three good players. That I thought myself would have done quite well in the, the Premiership, but they they've gone, uh, and so it's in the lap of the gods still, you know. Uh, the, the the talk from Craig Levine himself is that there's uh, three or four, maybe five new players coming in. Mm-hmm. And there's no sign of anybody yet, but plenty of rumours. Uh, so it all depends, you know, what the squad is and the makeup. But uh, I think we all got a, a shock, or a certain I did, when, when they played Celtic the two games. Uh, I think uh, we got a lesson... That uh, you know, the first game in particular, I, I felt for periods of the game, Hearts matched Celtic not unnecessarily in skill, but in the style of play, the passing going forward. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but Celtic, you know, they, they were definitely a level above, or maybe two levels above the team when it came to that of scoring. And uh, I don't think the same could be said about both games, though, could it? I mean, I think Celtic were, were ahead by a stretch in one of the games, but but, but not the, what, the, I think the second game was was much closer, wasn't it? No, the second game, uh, Hearts lost a player early on. Oh, is it the second? Uh, I've, I've got it the wrong way around then. Yeah, so That's my age it, thing. It became I... a dead rubber yeah. then, you know, so... Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but, you know, just uh, the first game, you know, Hearts, you know... Both sides played a similar game, yeah. not necessarily the same formation, but they were passing it about, and it was a, a good game to watch for, I think, for the, the purists, you know, mm-hmm. in that respect. But the, it was quite clear the, the, the difference in class uh, and the ability of the players on field to uh, take advantage of their opponents' mistakes and, and get the goals, you know, and it's the goal yeah. scoring that, that makes the difference. Whether Hearts find the difficulty finding the net next season, uh, I don't know because obviously it was our goal, goal scoring that, that that made the the big difference. You know, made that huge yeah. point gap. It was the the goals. So uh, if we don't score goals. Uh, it's going to be a hard season. You know, well, so. uh, ever optimistic though, uh, Ali. I, I, I suppose. I mean, I think that you can certainly rest in your laurels a wee bit and, uh, and and look back in the in the last season and think, you know, job well done and and, and a lot of promise for the future. But as I say, I, I know you got a lot, you, you've got somewhere to be, uh, and uh, so we'll let you go now. And hopefully, you'll join us again uh, sometime in the future. I'd, I'd be very pleased. I really enjoyed that. I've enjoyed chatting to you all, uh, and I, I just love. Uh, SFM, so uh, I'll, I'll chat to you all online, I'm sure. Thanks a lot, mate. Bye. Cheers, okay, thank you. See you Catch you Bye-bye. Right, Bye-bye. Bye. Like just uh, take a wee break uh, just now to see some stuff coming around on Twitter. Uh, Stevie BC, um, who is uh, who's well known to you, uh, Pat, uh, and myself, has uh, uh, said. So where is Derek Johnson? <laughs> good, good, clear audio here in uh, in New York, uh, and well done for this development. Uh, much better than SSB already. What's SSB? Uh, uh, I, don't, I have no idea but, but anyway, <laughs> thanks Stevie uh, nice to hear from you and also uh, J Paul 
Uh, I don't know if he's the ecclesiastical J. Paul, uh, but um, he's uh, saying good luck with your podcast tonight. So thanks for that. But talking about about hearts there, um, there did seem to be when Premiership teams played uh, Championship teams last year. Mm-hmm. Um, there did seem to be a, a gulf, didn't there? And I think maybe the, the, some of the Hearts supporters who who were who were really uh, you know full of uh, hope for how their team was playing. I think they got a wee bit of fright, uh, you know, to, to some extent against Celtic. And look at you know, what happened at the end of the season with Rangers and Motherwell as well. I mean, I, uh, there was a huge uh, gap, as it turned out, yeah. between both of those teams. I'm I'm not sure actually that I agree with that analysis. Um, <clears throat> you, you look at the cup final, uh, and okay, first half dominated by Inverness, but mm-hmm. second half certainly Falkirk came back into it. Okay, aided by the sending off, uh, but but Falkirk put a, a real fight into that, and I think even with the playoff game, Rangers against Motherwell, um, I mean, Ali made a comment there about goals being yeah. so important, now, that, that, that there could hardly be a true word in football, of course, but um, it was the goals at the time they happened in the Rangers-Motherwell games that, that really changed it, so, you know, Rangers, after having had the better of the game in the first game at Ibrox, concede a goal, and the whole tenor of, of the, the tie changes, and I, I don't think that... I think you could say Motherwell looked to have more quality, for sure. But remember, factor in as well, that Rangers had played an awful lot of games in a very short mm-hmm. time going up to that. Um, I think, certainly, my team, uh, whenever we played something from a lower division, it didn't look like there was a gulf. Um, and I don't think Celtic are a great example. I think Celtic are head and shoulders above everybody else in the top division. So measuring teams from the championship against Celtic doesn't give yeah. uh, doesn't give it a great comparison to say uh, where St Johnston are or Inverness are. Well, well, since you brought it up, uh, Campbell, uh, St Martin, you know, honestly, if, if anybody had said to me who's who's the most likely club to go down, uh, St Martin would probably have been certainly you know four or five into my list. Uh, you know, Inverness I thought would struggle this year, but yeah. you know, but John Hughes has obviously proven a lot of people wrong. Ross County I thought would would struggle badly this year, and I think there's a lot of politics going on up there that that didn't exactly help the situation. Uh, but what on earth happened? Well, I, I think um, if you'd asked a St Mullen supporter at the start of the season who was most likely to go down, I, I don't think St Mullen would have been fourth or fifth into their list. I think there's a um, a real, there has been a real sense of pessimism for for a number of years. We, um, as I said to um, Old Heed before we came on, you know, St Mun don't flirt with relegation. We've been going out with relegation now for a number of years, and th- it was simply our turn. Quite frankly, um, we were the poorest team in the league. Um, we switched managers halfway through. Um, we made an appointment that didn't excite anybody. Hopefully Ian Murray's appointment now will uh, signal a change in fortunes. But frankly, two-thirds of the way into the season, I think to most St Mullen supporters, there looked at only one team going down. It didn't come as a surprise. I think St Mullen, I always think St Mullen and Motherwell in particular, uh, are very vulnerable to that, 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 that suck away to the old firm. You know, I apologise to those of you who don't like that that that, that terminology, but uh, that idiom. Uh, but well, just think the other one. But but uh, but it is you know it must be really really 
a maddening for a St Mirren fan uh, to see you know Paisley empty on a Saturday if you know, really go to see Celtic go to see Rangers and, and St Mirren do suffer I think and I think Mother will do as well to some extent but you know, to, to the same extent sorry it's, it's pretty clear to me you haven't been in Paisley for a while it's empty on a Saturday anyway um, <laughs> the, yeah, well of course and you know Paisley's a big town uh, but even in the times when they're successful um, the, the crowds will not get um, get get huge. We we will get a better crowd next year because Morton are in the league. Yeah. Than you know we will get playing a Dundee or a Dundee United, um, or or uh, unless it's a, a really um, exuberant Hearts or Hibs, um, Morton will bring more fans and St Mirren will get more fans of that kind of game. Now, the derby games are important and it, and it gives you something to focus on and enthuse on and and you know that'll be a good thing, but. Yeah, but it's it's a fact of life in the west of Scotland, isn't it? And it's been a fact of life forever. Yeah. But but it's only a couple of years since you won the league cup. You you, you know, I mean, you know, like, you, big big success, and then all of a sudden, you know, that there's this, and there's there's a lot of good players there as well. You know, that, that, that who who it seems to me just didn't uh, perform at all. Stephen Thompson is, uh, has been a good journeyman player for a long, long time. He's very important to St Martin, but, but he can't do it all on his own. And I, I, I felt a bit sorry for him last year. I, I don't know whether you thought he was part of the malaise, but I, but I thought he was he was holding his end up quite well. Well, he, he was injured for, for quite a part of the season, mm. um, and, and that clearly didn't help. But but absolutely. But remember, when we won the League Cup, it was it was under Danny Lennon. And to be honest, I'm, I'm still not quite clear why Danny Lennon was was yeah. was allowed to leave or or forced to leave, if indeed he was. Um, from that point on, our fortunes have seemed to um, go into maybe not free fall, but certainly it's been a downward curve. Um, that season, I think we had our best finish in the top division for any number of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, won the league cup, um, and then the manager goes. Um, it's not a recipe for success at most clubs. That, mm-hmm. but. A wee bit late, more light-hearted. Yep. Uh, now we asked at the beginning of the program about your uh, memories of the daftest player you've ever seen, or the or the daftest thing you've ever seen a player do. Have yeah. you had a chance to have a? Yeah, I've, I've I've written this a few times. It was a long time ago at Celtic Park, and it was Jimmy Johnson, Jinky. They were playing Dundee United, and he was in fire that night. And one run he ran up the right through the middle of the park, left six guys in his trail at the bar. But the funniest thing was he was out wide. And I don't know who the Dundee United fullback was, but Jinky did his jink, and the fullback ran right off the park, right onto the red blaze at the side. Mm. Now, the support all started laughing, but what that happened next was the Dundee United support players started laughing, and the Celtic players started laughing, and the game stopped. <laughs> <laughs> Jinky was on the ball, and nobody was moving; they were all laughing, and the referee was going. <laughs> Play, play, on, play on, play on, play on, you know. And I mean, that's a long, long time ago, but it still, to me, is one of the funniest things I've seen in football. Well, it's funny, mine included is uh, the D-Rider as well. It was at Tannadice, and it was when Jim Melrose uh, played for uh, for Celtic, and uh, he he just uh, walked away from... He, he was probably in the kind of inside right position, about uh, 20 yards inside the, the D-Rated half, and he stopped, turned round and walked to the centre circle and just threw up. <laughs> In the centre circle, <laughs> and nobody knows to this day why. I remember a, a, a journalist asking me at the time of the the millennium. Uh, I think it was for the Express. Uh, he contacted me and asked me for you know for the millennium turkey, and uh, and he was my millennium turkey. Okay. Uh, you know for that 
particular piece of skill and wizardry <laughs> and Jim Melrose. Uh, you think any are you still mulling them over? I, I, nothing funny has ever happened. <laughs> in this, uh, I think I think if if we go into the surreal rather than the funny, Spanish international Victor playing for St Mirren was probably as surreal as it gets, but quite how that happened I've, I've no idea, but no, there's, there's not much comedy in Paisley. How long did that last? Uh, I can't remember. Uh, most of my childhood is what it felt like, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I can't believe that's true. <laughs> oh, there's somebody's phone I just going. Ah, I see, uh, absolutely. We did tell you folks that we would probably get some of this wrong. <laughs> um, anyway, I remember Twitter, at the SFF, uh, the SF Monitor uh, on Twitter, if you've got any comments or anything to offer us uh, by way of... Uh, the your daftest ever moments. Uh, let's uh, go back through the, the the highs and the lows again this season. Celtic part, um, obviously Celtic fans hoping for for the treble um, because trebles, you know, no matter what people think about the dominance yeah. uh, of one team or two teams in Scottish football, they are hard to come by. Yep. And uh, and it was you know it, it, you know I remember when Martin O'Neill came to Celtic, you know, at a press conference saying that people don't realise that the hardest thing in football is to win a football match. And uh, and to win a treble, you have to win an awful, awful lot of them and to win them at the right time as well. But satisfied anyway about the way that Celtic accounted? I'm really satisfied about it. I mean, not winning the treble was one thing. It's good that it gets spread about. And if anybody was going to actually pick up, it was quite good that it was uh, Inverness Cali Thistle. Because I used to work beside a guy who's a a Cali fan and involved in the club quite strongly and yeah. I loved his passion for the game you know um, so in that sense I was quite pleased I wasn't obviously pleased with the way we went out I don't want to into that but how a referee and a linesman <laughs> and everything like I can't see what everybody else does and I, I suppose what really annoys me about that is the furore it causes you know I would rather be getting out <laughs> to some other, something other than that but what did what has pleased me about Celtic is I think we're beginning to learn because um, the signings of Gary McKay Stephen and the, what do you call him? It's Stuart Armstrong. 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 Um, I thought. You're I, a student of these matters, obviously. I, well, I just, to be honest with you, I, I thought it was a no brainer. I think the two guys are great players. I think Armstrong could be a future Celtic captain. Uh, I like the way Gary McKay Stephen just plays with his joy. He yeah. always seems to have a smile on his face. He can play a bit, you know, he's entertaining and stuff like that. And the very fact that Celtic actually brought him in, you know, it, it, that got, you know, paid money. Because they didn't have to pay money for a guy named Sky Stevens, they could have left them and that. And that tells me something as well, and it goes back to something I was saying to Ellen earlier, is um, preparation for the Champions League and getting there. Is when, when Neil Lennon left and on the deal you come in, I'm like, oh, we're in trouble here. Because when you change your manager, lots of things change. Yeah. And change isn't it conducive to you know, sort of standard perf- you know, performance. As was proved by the early season performance. Well, and that was it. I mean, you could, you could see that. Now, years ago, I, I, I started a team from scratch. And we get be 11 1 in my first game, 10 2 in the second, you know. And I just kept getting on to somebody who was a goalkeeper to play in goal because I was his boss, and eventually I prevailed and he played in goal. And eventually we got a team together and we actually climbed up three divisions in the next three years. So I know a wee bit about what it sort of takes to get a bunch of blokes playing together in, in, in sort of Melbourne. But what I did like was the fact that one deal you obviously did that, brought in different approaches, you know, um, try to make the games more um, energetic, the players more energetic. Um, what he feeds that boy Johansson on, I don't know. I wouldn't mind some of it myself. It must be more than spinach. Um, so for the, for the point of view of, sort of seeing progress, because that's what I was always watching for when I watched Celtic, was to say, are they getting better 
over the period in time, you know. And yeah. you get that cyclical, they get better and better. I think they're still on that upward stroke. There'll come a point, I remember sitting in a bar in, in the Benalmadina watching Barcelona home this 6 1, and I just sat there to the bitter end because I thought, I can take this. <laughs> But it's that steady progress, that's what, that's what I quite like. You see, we're learning from previous seasons, but we've not gone abroad or anything like that this year, but just the fact we're playing at Love Street, aren't we? You know, so all those various these factors. And if it was doing anything, that was a, that what I did like was that wee back heel for Van Dyke against Aberdeen, we made 10 men, it was the last minute of the game. Last minute winners are always nice, but that was really sweet. Campbell, <laughs> Campbell do, you, do you think that uh, that, that Ronnie Dyla uh, perhaps thought that uh, that w- when he came in because he did a struggle a wee bit at the beginning? Do, do, you, do you think that he thought that um, that he could just come in and take over what was a, a relatively successful team the year before and just keep it ticking over? Because I, I mean, let's be honest, the, the the league was not in the bag until very late on in the season for mm-hmm. Celtic. You know, in fact, I know a couple of Celtic fans who. You know, at one point the season we're thinking, you know, there's always a possibility uh, that, that we could blow this. Um, I, I have to say I have absolutely no idea what, what the Celtic manager's mindset might have been when he came in uh, to Celtic, what, what his assumptions and preconceived notions might have been. Um, I suspect he must have known that he was coming into a situation where there was change, where he was following a successful manager, and I'd, I'd like to think he was sufficiently... Uh, well up in the, the situation in Scottish football that you would have known that at Celtic were expected to win and win well and, and win at a streak. But beyond that, uh, frankly, I think that's a matter for you to ask a Celtic fan. And, uh, and can, I, can I just say that uh, <laughs> I've been listening to uh, Aldeed here say, saying about watching his team lose 6-1 to Barcelona. I think most of us out there in Scottish football land would just love the opportunity to lose six one Barcelona, um, and it's not Love Street anymore. It's, but it, it, it's also a humbling experience for, for 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 a team like Celtic because you know it doesn't happen very often in domestic football. So therefore, when you when you go, I mean, it's a wee bit like the you know getting a wee bit of your own when you when Celtic take some of the best players for, for other Scottish teams, and then they find the English teams take. You know the best of Celtic's players and so on. It's you know what what goes round and all that. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Everyone's a feeder club. I mean, e- yeah. even you know Manchester United to a certain extent will find their. I mean, there's the here <laughs> away to you know Real Madrid and you know if 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 a club like Manchester United can't hang on to their best assets, there's there's really only you know Real Madrid and possibly Barcelona at the top of the food chain, and everybody else has their place. Mm-hmm. Ian again, incidentally, for uh, who's as you know is on the blog, has yeah. just asked uh, Campbell what were some of the best St Mirren crowds not versus Motherwell last year. Uh, well, they, they 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 would have been, I guess. Um, mainly, well, it, it's it's that great thing that a game that matters will bring people out, and you know, at the, at the end of the season, uh, when it was quite obvious that St Mirren and Motherwell were were going head to head for the opportunity um, to, to get into a playoff effectively, mm-hmm. uh, then that's what matters. And, and you know, for all that we might criticise the SFA and, and the league and the administrators who are involved, um, the, the playoffs have undoubtedly engendered an interest right the way through the season and created some of the most entertaining uh, matches and, and match-ups that Scottish football sees. The games are like cup ties. Yeah. And they, in fa- they, in fact, are more important than most cup ties, I think that that is very true. That you know we we, we, we have a pop at the, the the authorities you know almost daily on the blog, but <laughs> uh, but that was one thing they definitely got right because the, because the playoffs are 
they're exciting. I mean, they were exciting last year. Uh, you saw the emergence of Alex Neal as a as a as a manager of some substance last year as well. And uh, and look, look what he's done. Uh, you know, and, and Hamilton in the first part of the season in the Premiership uh, looked like real contenders. Yep. Yep. I think they run out of steam perhaps a wee bit. You know, they they obviously didn't have a huge squad, and and uh, you get to the turn of the year, the, you know, suspensions and injuries start to catch up with yeah. you uh, yeah. as well. But the but you you you're shaking your head there, Olgin. So uh, I was just. A Bit saying about the, the players being a good thing and not being hard in the Scottish, you know. Oh, you mean we're not being hard enough in them? Aye, not, not just basically saying it, but to me, it was, it was a no brainer, you know. I mean, yeah. you know, England have been. Ah, they still had to make the decision, you know. Oh, come on. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think there's a discussion to be had about, uh, about the format of the playoffs and, and whether it's right that the, the, the team coming down uh, finishes 11th in the top division. Only has to play yeah. uh, one, yeah. one match. I mean, there's yeah. a there's a discussion to be had around that, yeah. and I, I think it's very difficult, um, as I suggested earlier, for a team um, to play that number of games as Rangers were asked to do. But yeah. but mm-hmm. Hamilton did it last season yeah. and and managed to try on through it. But but I think it is it is difficult. I think the playoff position eleventh in in the top division mixed with the bottom six creates a real excitement around those last five games because every game counts. Yeah. And attendances will go up, as I say, as, as yeah. Ian again's comment, you know, the, the games with Motherwell, uh, I, su- I suspect we probably got better crowds against Ross County um, in the, those last five games than we would ordinarily have got yeah. too. And it's all money for the clubs. Mm-hmm. You see, you get to the, you know, this, this age-old argument, which I don't want to get into for too long here, but the age-old argument that Scottish football would be better off without either Celtic or Rangers because you would have a, a much greater equalisation of competition uh, you yeah. know, the, and the games would be more interesting. Now, to some extent, I've always thought that that was a kind of patronising attitude that Rangers and Celtic took to the rest as yeah. an excuse yeah. for, here's why we have to go. Yeah. Um, and, and certainly, Celtic fan myself, as you know, and I don't want to see Celtic leave the Scotland. Scotland, uh, but um, but is is there something in that that uh, because I mean let's be honest and and Celtic and Rangers you know if Rangers ever get back to where they were before uh, Celtic and Rangers are not going to dominate forever you know there will come a time when there will be some equalisation won't there? Yeah, equilibrium sorry the, the, is probably the, the word I was looking for. The problem might be the equilibrium will be become you know that the, the you don't have to go and spend as much money to win leagues yeah. therefore you, you the quality of the player you bring in you mm-hmm. know. And I would hate to see, you know, the equilibrium coming just because we had the, the standard had dropped overall. Yeah. You know, so... Um, and, and, and going back, I, 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 when the argument used to come up about Celtic going to England and Hugh Keebans used to say it'll never happen, never happen, and all the arguments against it, and I used to say, wait a minute, if Celtic Rangers weren't there, what a league would be left? It would be a truly competitive league, yeah. you know? So for that point of view, and there was something I heard the other day as well, they said as soon as they made four games a season, and Celtic to play Rangers four games a season. See, that means that every other club, that was 12 points that they were going to pick up. If there's only, you know, the four games against Celtic, that's yeah. 12 points. If it's, if it's Celtic Rangers, then that's 24 points. Yeah. Right. So, and I thought, actually, yeah, I never thought of that. You know, just the straight arithmetic of it, the very fact it's the two, and that's what makes it so, you know, uncompetitive. Yeah. Um, I would like to see the game developing into just becoming like a family occasion. You can go and watch a game of football, you know, enjoy it, and come back and not have any of the angst and the phone-ins and the sort of rancor and the stuff that's there in the game. Now, some people might say that's the very thing. I mean, Scottish football, Scottish football, and that might, be, might well be true. Mm-hmm. But um, I know when I go and watch my lads playing and he won a cup final the other day there, you know, he's, he's 33 now, 
I get as much enjoyment as standing up the side of the park and watching that, you know, canvas line juniors as I do going to that. Because I like my football. That's really what it boils down to. Celtic's my team, but football's what I really want to see. Inverness, um, uh, you know, it's not that long ago that, uh, that they came to Celtic Park and beat Celtic in the in the Scottish Cup to, you know, like one of the, the funniest headlines that we ever saw. Uh, you know, despite the... I mean, you had to laugh. It was know. a good one. It was either, for me, it was either laugh or greet, you know, but, but, uh, but having said that, I, I do remember being there that night and thinking, you know, it must be wonderful to be an Inverness supporter because this is something, this is probably the high, the high point their history yeah. so far and now you think you know Inverness beating Celtic is, or beating anyone for that matter is nothing mm-hmm. they've come such a long way in such a short time uh, and winning the Scottish Cup obviously the ice and the cake but they are they, they are nobody's mugs are they? No um, I mean they, 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 they've obviously come up there's, there's a certain standard being reached in the game so there is you know at that level and I was wondering in the earlier conversations about the difference between the different leagues is what actually does make a difference yeah. because going back to start Ali said that when it was Celtic it was Celtic's ability to score the goals and I wonder whether it's the fact that you just need to have a couple of players just with that extra bit of quality in certain positions Mm-hmm. The Celtic are riddled with lots of guys are, you know, the Van Dyke you know, a smashing player and, you know, lots others. But in the other teams, um, you've got a, a lot of, like, journeymen, but you still need that sort of special player in each club. Um, the, the lad used to play with Celtic, it's now St. Mernes McGowan. Oh, he's away. He's, he's gone now. Uh, he's at Dundee now. He's, he's a nice wee player, so he was, you know. Um, and you need players of that. Oh, the boy McLean, was he St. Mernes as well, going to Aberdeen? Yep. He was a good player, you know. Um, and I think you need more of that sort of talent. Well, the see, problem is it gets picked off. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's happening in Inverness just now. I mean, Resin Labdog, who is an, is an Inverness uh, supporter and, and who's on the blog all the time, yeah. his attitude at the time of the final was that obviously he, he loved the whole idea of Inverness being in the final yeah. and, and obviously he was delirious about the fact that they won it. But but he reckoned that they were going to lose that team. Now, I don't know how that's transpired so far or you know, if there's been any progress, but he seemed to think there were a couple of guys who were there in loan and maybe they would be going back and Mm-hmm. They, you know they wouldn't have them for another year, but they've 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 more than held their own, and and they have. Um, although you know I did say earlier on that I thought they maybe they would be candidates for uh, relegation this year, mm-hmm. partly because you know the the managerial situation um, that hasn't been the case. But they're they're a great model for for other clubs because what's their average crowd? What three thousand something like that? Yeah, it's 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 the sustainability and the, the long term. Progress that the Inverness have obviously been on on a journey, and I, I have to say I'm I'm a bit worried about using the wrong name for them because I've, I've yeah. started, uh, so, so yeah, we'll, we'll call them Inverness or ICT. I think um, the you know they've obviously Stevie works in ICT. <laughs> they've obviously come a long way. The, the, the question is where do they go from here? Mm-hmm. You know, to can can they continue that? exponential growth and and that will be difficult and mm. um, I, th- I think I would take issue with with one of the things you said um, er- earlier that you know if, if Rangers get back to to where they have been um, and and Celtic continue that, that surely Rangers and Celtic can't continue to dominate and my, my feeling is that I can see no reason why they would not mm-hmm. that um, the financial structures available to those two entities is so different from what's available to, to anywhere else and uh, I mean, my big thing that, that uh, my big gripe about this is not so much that Rangers and Celtic are in Scottish football, but the the change that was done quarter of a century ago or whatever it was about the keeping of the home gates, yeah. mm-hmm. and that one thing I think has killed competition. Yeah. 
uh, at the top of the Scottish League more than anything else. I'll, t- I'll tell you though, Campbell, the reason that I, s- I said that was because if you remember, in the 80s, uh, Rangers were in the, in the doldrums, despite having access to those the, to those monies at the time and the, and the big fan base. And Celtic in the 90s were in exactly the same position as well. So, uh, you know. I, I, I think, the, the, I mean, remember Rangers in the 80s, though, was before the, the keeping of the home gate, mm. I think. Yeah, uh, it was. And and Celtic in the nineties was was effectively as self inflicted as what happened to Hearts and what happened to Rangers. Yeah. That these were not things that, um, that that was simply bad use of the income that was coming in. It was a failure to maximise commercial revenue, and any commercial revenue that came into Celtic at that time was not necessarily being spent on on the club mm-hmm. or improving the stadium or any of the things that uh, Fergus McCann subsequently managed to do. So I think that using Celtic in the 90s or Rangers in the 80s as examples of why it might happen again is is, is not necessarily all, all, all that clear. OK. Um, Ian again has also asked what about us. Um, we haven't spoken about Motherwell. Uh, and, I, and I think that's as good a time. I, I've got in my notes here to, to, to ask about Motherwell appear to be cannon fodder towards the, 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 the end of the season. Really? They, they were they, they were doing very badly. They recovered a wee bit and then had more hiccups and they ended up in the situation they were in. But but they got themselves out of it with uh, the games at uh, Ibrox uh, and uh, for part against Rangers. Do you think that maybe their manager has now got a wee... Well, I suppose he's been given some extra time by the fact that he's that he's kept them up and and that maybe he could he could grow the club. Well, well I think the, th- the clever thing I think that they did was get ahead of Scott McDonald and Stephen Stephen Pearson. Mm-hmm. And for all Steve McManus isn't he, a player he was before, he still was very experienced. Mm-hmm. And I think that actually probably showed up quite a bit when they were playing Rangers in the in the playoffs. It's having guys of that ilk, Stephen Pearson. Felt I could see he played, you know, quite a, a major part in that. And Scott McDonald to me always was a guy who could cause problems, you know. Yeah. Much, when he was with Mother before he went to Celtic, I thought, well, lovely player, that guy is really eating the ball. So I think bringing those guys in, plus the, the, the winger, the, I forget the guy's name, the winger that played that scored the, you know, the, 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 one of the goals in the uh, the, the first game. Um, uh, yes, I know. Really nippy oh, fella. Oh, God, I forget. I was going to see him again, but it's not. Ian again, Motel is doing it right away. He's real, they were able to attack pace. And the big, that's the only thing, the big laddie up front who's now gone somewhere else. Liam. I thought he looked a really good prospect. Mm-hmm. Can he fight? What? Can he fight? No, well, no, well, he's ambushed. He was ambushed. Um, I thought he was a really good prospect, and that's yeah. that's the only thing that worries me about about Motherwell going into next season is um, you know and Sutton's gone as well. He's going off to Dundee, isn't he? So it's what are they going to actually do to replace them? Um, and will they get? Will they bring people? They're obviously going to bring in. Well, no, obviously, they might not be able to bring in that kind of experience and that that level. So, is it their youth development that kind of thing? That they're Do you, you in, so? agree with that, Campbell? That the the, the quality that, that Motherwell had in certain areas of the team, the wee bit of experience and quality, was the, was the big difference for them at the end. I I, I think that, that in in the playoff games, from what I saw um, against Rangers, they they had a bit of quality and and certainly they had quality at the top end of the pitch. Uh, I think that there were you know bits of both matches where. Uh, Rangers certainly matched them, yeah, and yeah. you know that. The, but for goals going in mm-hmm. at various times, uh, the whole thing could have been different. I, th- I think um, Baraclough certainly bought himself um, a chance at a stay of execution. And mm-hmm. one one of the things, I mean, when you think where Motherwell have been in previous seasons, the extent to which they've fallen, and and that's a point. And, and perhaps 
uh, a wee warning sign for, for Inverness, for ICT, that you know that there's not that much difference. Losing a couple of key players yeah. you know, can make a hell of a difference by the time you know you, you get into a season, have a bad start, confidence ebbs. There's not that much of a difference, mm-hmm. and, and any team can, can beat any team. And yeah. I mean, you saw a Hamilton side flip from being Hi. almost world beaters to... Mm-hmm. to to being on a par with with St Mirren down the bottom of the season for uh, by the bottom of the table for for a you know a large change, change of manager results. though you know in the well, mid season yeah you know that I think and, and he turned out to be some manager I mean the guy obviously he has something been shown it you know with yeah, the knowledge that he's able to do just yeah. a wee uh, we had a here there are some people who uh, appear not to be able to get through to the the Twitter account the Twitter account is at the SF Monitor. Uh, and uh, just keep uh, your um, your stuff coming in. Uh, somebody, John McCormack, uh, here says, "Guys, superb podcast. Thanks very much. Uh, how refreshing to get away from the old school STV BBC." And I'm not going to read out what he said there. Uh, respect, <laughs> uh, but fans for the old clubs, uh, please. Well, we do have we, we, we have we've got a heart supporter here, and we've got a St Mirren supporter here. And we've got we've got a, a Celtic supporter and a lap Celtic supporter here. So I, I think <laughs> and I'm only here because it was handy. <laughs> That's right. You only you only live up the road. Eh? <laughs> and, and we couldn't get Derek Johnson. We certainly tried, but we we, we, we we couldn't get him at all. Um, but next year, a the championship, the place to be. It's always the place to be. Yeah. I believe. Uh, <laughs> the, I, I, I think you, you've got a team in in Falkirk who showed up well, certainly in in the second half of the um, the Scottish Cup final uh, in particular. Mm-hmm. Uh, that did well in the cup semi final, obviously to get get past mm-hmm. Hibs, um, who competed well against better resource teams, undoubtedly in that division. You've got a Queen of the South that look a very very capable side, and you've got a Hibs side that I think will be better than than this season. Uh, already began to make uh, a couple of signings. Alan Stubbs gets another uh, pre-season under his belt. Um, you've got Rangers. It's difficult to predict what uh, what nick they'll be in. Uh, one expects a lot of new signings. Um, an interesting managerial appointment. Uh, it must be a bit of a risk, but certainly, uh, although his CV is short, it's not unimpressive. Hmm. Um, an appointment today of a new managing director. Um, so, Things seem to be moving um, at, at Rangers. Um, what they'll be able to put on the park, no idea. So that's that's a great unknown. But wouldn't be surprised if, if Hibs, uh, maybe they don't run away with it the way Hearts did, but if Hibs don't achieve more points than they got last season, um, and that would put real pressure on uh, on Rangers. As for St Mirren, well, we'll wait and see. Well, I, I think that... Um it really all comes down to what's on the park, doesn't it? I mean, so often people have spoken about the the demise of Rangers and the the, the new club starting up and, and having having difficulty in, in lower divisions and obviously having some difficulty last year as well. But ultimately, you could take all of the 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 their, uh, their problems back to Ali McCoist uh, in the last season before liquidation, can you, Pat? I mean, you know, they they the, really had he done a better job. Possibly we wouldn't be arguing about new club, old club, or the, or, or anything like that. It seems to me Ali's appointment. Well, he was there before the uh, before the liquidation happened, and it was probably natural. He is your pal, of course. He, he, yeah, I used to play yeah. against him at five a yes, season, indeed. fed him balls, and he could stick the ball in the net for any angle. <laughs> and I was really pleased he went to Sunderland, not to Rangers you know, at the time. I was indeed, but um, he, he he clearly um, the, the betting was as uh, Campbell said earlier about they couldn't afford, it was unthinkable not to come up. There was also the commercial imperative 
and, the, and, and that was part of the problem I think we faced. That's one of the sort of bedrocks of you know for me anyway with Scottish football is yeah. is the the commercial imperative. The game has to make money in order to survive. But if it doesn't protect its integrity, it's not going to make money because people are going to turn in and say, this is like, you know, world of wrestling. It, it, it's fixed too much in that sense. So the, the whole approach towards it at Rangers, it was like, it was, let's do more of the same, which is the definition of insanity. Yeah. It was just let's keep spending money, you know. Plus they've got a big, big stadium, huge overheads, um, not enough money to put in the park. And getting back to this season, I will be interested to see who they sign and what the wage bill is going to be. You know, um, in relation to the rest, I think there should be some proportionality to your income to what you spend in players. See, I'm more, I, players, I'm more so, interested, you know. to be honest with you, in, in how they manage the expectations of the fans. Because I still think that's the key to the, a club with that fan base becoming successful. I think I think they have to manage the expectations of the fans. Interesting enough, when I was on holiday, my, uh, my, my sister's son-in-law is a Rangers supporter, a lovely lad. Pat, you're always on holiday. And I, I'm always on holiday. And, um, oh geez, well, I worked for 35 years before I went on holiday, so <laughs> be, be fair. Um, but uh, I remember Adam, and I, I said to him, I said, oh, by the way, um, Dave King's been just, you know, a fit and proper person, you know. And it was the only mention I made of, of Ranger stuff at all, because two years before he was talking about being confident, and I told him, actually, Charlie, that green, he's a spiff. You know, I says, you know, I says, you need to watch him. This was, you know, two years before when he came in. I said, the guy's a spiv. I says, I'll take for everything you've got. So two years later, he actually remembered I'd said that to him. And when I said to Adam, I says, oh, Dave King's coming in. His reaction was interesting. He said, I will see. Mm-hmm. Now, before it would have been, oh, good, we've got the man, we've got what we need. And that we'll see, you know. And that's my attitude towards it. I mean, that's my attitude to everything, which is yeah. just why we'll see. We'll see what happens. You never can tell. But I, I think there's, I think there's been a change in, a, in tone as well. I, I mean, I think there's been a change in tone since Stuart McCall got the job. I think because Stuart McCall did, I think, conduct himself with, with, with a bit of dignity, I, notwithstanding that ridiculous carry on in the touchline with the with the ball. <laughs> if you remember against <laughs> against Willow. but but by and large, I think he sounded sensible. Yeah. Uh, he, he was he, he was trying to manage the expectations yeah. of the fans yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, and I think the new guy we haven't seen very much of him, but I think he's trying to do that as well. Mm-hmm. But as Campbell says, I think, and the big problem for St Mirren is that you've got a really strong Hibs who who should be stronger this year. And I think that, that, uh, that you know, I, I think Rangers possibly a joker in the pack because we don't know what's going to happen, as you said. But I think you can, you should be able to say with a degree of certainty that Hibs will be far more formidable this year than they were last year. Yeah, I, I, I think that's right. And I, th- I think any team um, who has faced relegation from top division uh, in the last few years has known that coming up through the ranks was, was going to be Rangers and at some point someone was going to, the, the assumption was someone was going to be stuck in a division with them and that was likely to be a, a very great obstacle to anyone bouncing straight back up and as, as it happens of course because of the way the, the, the cards have fallen first for Hearts and then um, the Hibs uh, collapse in, in last season uh, or the season before rather uh, has meant that you've had these three um, really big clubs all, all blocking away and there's just not room for all of them to get up but um, I, I, I think it, it does make for for an exciting uh, league, it does make for better crowds than you could otherwise expect in the Championship but uh, to be honest I, I don't think that, that I could ever claim that the Championship is ever going to be more exciting than the top division 
And, and yet, you know, I mean, despite all the derision that, uh, that that we helped to pour on that claim about the championship, although the championship itself wasn't as competitive, I don't think, as the uh, as the Premiership yeah, yeah. Uh, turned out to be at the end. The the second, third, and fourth places, and uh, and then the the, the subsequent uh, playoffs were definitely very compelling. Yeah. You? So I mean, it was great box office, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And of course, the Scottish Cup finishing the way it did as well uh, that helped to you know a, a great end to the season. Yeah. So, so it's it's no Armageddon, is it? It's definitely no Armageddon, you know. I mean, it's it's. I can understand the fear at the time. You've got you know a huge club, you know, get out of business, all that support, yeah. all that money going out of it. But as I say, that's when the commercial element came into play, and I think they, they just lost. You know, they they were acting out of fear, and that's usually not a good recipe for the you know planning for the future. You know? And I, and I I, th- I think we we've discussed on the blog the number of times that. Um, St Johnston have, have won a cup, Inverness have won a cup, Virgin Cup winners, as I think you described them, with a with, with a lowercase v. It's the only type, um, and and St Mirren having won the League Cup recently. So you know, prizes are being shared around in a way that they never have been. And and the other thing that I think that uh, we sometimes forget and we haven't touched on yet is is that the Scottish national team is looking far healthier than it has for any number of years, and. You know that's. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Scottish national team are, are are a huge part of the the Scottish football scene for most of us, clearly. And you know, and albeit perhaps, you know, we we fell off the wagon just a wee bit potentially in in Dublin. Um, but it's it's looking better than it has for a number of years. Well, it's re-emerged as an interest for me because I, because I must admit when when you see Scotland going to away games and spending ninety minutes in their own penalty box. It, it's no good television for me, you know. It, it, it really isn't, and and you tend to lose interest in it. But now that they're they're competitive again, I, I think that there's uh, you know I mean I I don't think that I'm an unconditional patriot when it comes to things like that. I think I have to see some promise before I, I I've got an interest. Maybe, in it. maybe if you spent more of your club football watching a team <laughs> that spent ninety minutes defending, you, you'd, you'd be more sympathetic to the Scottish football team. Well, see, but you see, that should be your, that should be your get out, then, shouldn't it? You know that that you should be able to do that. But uh, sorry, Pat. I wasn't coming and say that. Um, I, I first watched Gordon Strachan playing for Dundee against Celtic, and I think it was a League Cup final or something. Yeah. Like that. And again, I thought, oh, yeah, a smashing me player. And then he played with Aberdeen. And he said, yeah. oh, I'd love to see him at Celtic. And he never ever did. And then he arrived as a well. Manager. He should have been, of course. Billy McNeil nicked him for Jock Steen, did he? Oh, yeah, yeah, that was quite. Yeah, yeah, Billy McNeil was a bit miffed. At, sorry, Jock Steen was a bit miffed at that. Yeah. And and his passion for the game. The way he played the game right through and he kept playing right up to he was sort of 40 you know yeah. and I saw somebody saying something I think it was the other day was a programme and said landing in Scottish job now is just the right thing for him at that sort of age in his life he's still a bit younger than me um, so I'm delighted for him you know because I, say, I just love guys that play football and he was a great football player so he see yeah. that and he's a great enthusiast Fashion. for the game oh, as well. His enthusiasm, the way he talks yeah. about it, he's you know he's, he's great. The yogurt in the fridge, I still love that one. You see, we can say that about about McCoist as well. I mean, McCoist is a great enthusiast for the game, isn't he? You know, it's I mean, it, there's a lot of people down on him, including at the moment probably more than anybody else, Rangers fans. But I mean, McCoist does bring a smile to uh, to your face when when you're watching football. Yeah, right? but I think there's a difference between being able to do you know that and actually manage a team and uh, you know make it play the way that you want it to play. And yeah, that, that depends on your understanding. Which he singularly failed to do, of course. But which he did. And the thing about Alistair, as I said, is he, he was a great goal scorer, you know, um, and he completely lit up. But I don't know that if you like, he was he's, he's up there as one of the sort of top technical players. 
and that, that, that sorry, ability. I, I feel a bit sorry for him because when he got the job, I remember my mate of mine passed away recently, and the two of us said to myself, that's a poison chalice if ever there was one, you know, and that's just how it turned out. But somebody had to do it, and somebody Absolutely. had to step in, you know, and he was there to do it. And somebody had to be disappointed here tonight as well, because there's a few people who are, uh, who are complaining that they haven't been able to get the broadcast uh, properly, and, uh, you know, and unfortunately, uh, we, 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 we guess that we would have some teething problems. It certainly seems that... Um, uh, from the stats that I'm looking at here, uh, if they're to be believed, uh, that there are about 900 people uh, who, are, who are listening to us. Um, I don't think that's as much as uh, as listening to Chick Young on a mm-hmm. Monday night, but, mm-hmm. but no, nonetheless, it's, it's 900 people. And uh, and uh, some people, there's one here that says, right, get your pencils and pad out and write this down. See you on B bar, that grey on the top right, click on it, all right, okay. I have no idea where that is. I don't know. Somebody obviously is Ian again trying to tell John Clark how he how he work his computer. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, Ian again also says thanks for the answers, guys. Um, uh, Red Lichty, oh my God! For, for without whom there would be no Scottish football. football yeah. uh, stream file is uh, still downloading after forty minutes. Current size is twelve point seven meg, but total size is unknown. Sorry, Red Lichty. Um, uh, that's a wee bit. Um, that's a technical. Uh, step far too far for me, but we'll get on that. Uh, and and uh, no doubt we'll, we'll, we'll be here for people. Yeah, absolutely. So probably still using dial-up nor bro. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a possibility. As a possibility, or or Morse even. You never know. Um, uh, unsupported, unsupported. Don't send me your stuff. Bayview Gold uh, re-competition. I think the Bosman decision also affected competition. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a that, that's a, a a very a very good point. And uh, he's saying he's enjoying the show, of course. Uh, uh, I Brawlad says Ian again that's not a Motherwell thing I've never heard people in Motherwell talking like that that's I Brawl no uh, no absolutely maybe he's not a, maybe he's not a local uh, but anyway uh, just uh, before we go just have another wee look to see if there's any uh, PG, PJG and W uh, the SF monitor enjoying the crack uh, good luck uh, you've done well to keep all the quiet for so long <laughs> Wait, uh, wait till Rogan turns up. Sorry, that was that was from Mooted. Oh, uh, yes, aye, indeed. Aye, aye. Uh, and uh, the SF Monitor, TW, you turn them over, it says, the SF Monitor, no manufactured outrage. Call yourself a radio show. <laughs> well, well, well done. Okay, guys, well, listen, uh, thanks. I mean, obviously, I don't think the Twitter thing uh, it reflects the, the amount of people getting on in Twitter, reflects the amount of people who've been listening to us tonight. Uh, and, uh, and I've no doubt that Tim will be hearing about some, some of the technical difficulties that you've had. As I say, this has been an inaugural broadcast and a, a, a deep, deep thanks to Ali Jambo uh, and to Pat and to Campbell for coming in and uh, and, and making this uh, certainly an enjoyable hour for me and hopefully an enjoyable hour for you guys as well. Uh, of course, it's just a blether, uh, you know, the, but the thing is that we're just as qualified to blether about it as anybody else. That's the whole point. And, uh, and and at least we're getting uh, uh, our own things. Hopefully, uh, the tone of it uh, suits uh, what the people in the blog like as well. We have had no abuse in Twitter. Uh, which is definitely a de- definitely a plus. Must be doing something uh, wrong. But we will do this again. <laughs> uh, hopefully, uh, th- this time next week we'll probably do it again. Uh, and uh, th- then, of course, we'll have to have a couple of weeks off because uh, because well, uh, there'll be somebody who's going on holiday. Uh, unlike uh, Pat, who's 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 just having a break for his holidays <laughs> at the moment. But uh, anyway, uh, without boring you and uh, and saying a big big long goodbye, cheery bye.